Good morning and welcome again to OCC Online. If this is your first time you're visiting, then it's great to have you with us. If you've been with us through, uh, I think we're on lockdown three, aren't we? So if you've been through us through all these lockdowns and uh, the however many weeks we've been online and not been able to physically gather together, then it's great to have you with us. Kids, if you are still in the house and you haven't ran out to the snow yet, then uh, well done. Uh, we might have a kids song later, but if you all disband and run outside, then know that there's a kids church um, video that you can choose in at any time during the day uh, and so enjoy the snow if you're out there and having fun adults if you want to get out there and enjoy the snow then uh, hey in an hour's time we will let you go uh, but I just want to read a psalm just a psalm that I was reading this morning psalm 100 I'm going to read the whole of the psalm so if you've not got your bible reading in this morning you can feel a sense of achievement as we've read a whole psalm together four verses or five verses it says let the whole earth shout triumphantly to the lord serve the lord with gladness Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. His people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. We're going to come and we're going to sing right now. And I, I want to encourage you this morning. This isn't a TV programme. You might be watching it on a screen, uh, how we normally consume our TV, but this is church. This is us gathering together and raising a voice of praise. So I'd encourage you this morning, um, whether you are feeling on it this morning, whether you've woken up in a bit of a fog, uh, we, we can choose this morning to give glory to God. Uh, he is faithful. He is loving. We shift and change, but he never does. And so I want to encourage you this morning. Why don't you uh, sing out these songs? Uh, why don't we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise this morning? And that may be the hardest thing for you this morning. It might be a sacrifice of praise, but the Bible calls us to that. It calls us to give a sacrifice of praise to the King of Kings because he's faithful this morning and uh, he loves you and you are a sheep of his pasture. That's what this psalm says, that, uh, that he made us and we are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. And so as his people, let's gather this morning and let's sing his praises and declare his goodness. Uh, ben, Vicky, will you lead us? That'd be fantastic. Thank you. Every tongue in heaven and earth 
shall declare your glory every knee shall bow at your throne in worship you'll be exalted O God and your kingdom shall not pass away O ancient of days your kingdom shall reign over all the earth sing to the ancient of days Worth. Sing to the ancient of days. Your kingdom shall reign over all the earth. Sing to the ancient of days. For none can compare to your matchless worth. Sing to the ancient of days. Every tongue in heaven and earth shall declare your glory every day. Well, bow at your throne in worship you'll be exalted O God and your kingdom shall not pass away every tongue in heaven and earth shall declare your glory every knee shall bow at your throne in worship you'll be exalted O God and your kingdom shall not pass away of days. And all the earth will shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing, great are you, Lord. your breath in 
there's none beside you open up my eyes in wonder show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me father you are holy you're not just holy but you're three times holy 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 is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come, they cry out in Revelation 4. But there is no way that I can come and stand in your presence. You who is so other, you who is so set apart, you who cannot be tainted by sin, I, a sinful man, cannot come into your presence. I cannot cry out to you except except because of who you are, except because of Jesus, except because of the fact that you have lived the life that I could never live and paid the price that I should have paid so I can now come and be all that you've called me to be. God, we give you glory and we give you praise for who you are. This week I was just praying and I started praying for our church and as I was praying I was reading the words to an old hymn, the hymn Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. I just felt this sense that there's some that are just feeling surrounded by dark, maybe the fog of this lockdown, maybe the anxiety, the fear. And as we've been praying in our 21 days of prayer, the direction this week is up. It's our relationship with God, the Father, that we would draw closer to him and see him as he is. And as we do, our hearts would start to be transformed and we'd live, love and look like him in greater ways to those closest to us and those in our community, in our town. But I was reading these words from Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee, and it says, Melt the clouds of sin and sadness. Drive the dark of doubt away. Giver of immortal gladness. Fill us with the light of day. And I just found myself praying for those of you that may find yourself really doubting who God is. Maybe sin in your own life our own things that we do we just need to come and confess and claim the promise that God is faithful and is able to forgive us of all of our sins when we confess maybe there's a sadness maybe it's just a cloud of sadness of an experience that you've had and you think I should be over this but the cloud is lingering maybe there's a doubt a darkness of doubt of who God is in the midst of this season my prayer is that the giver of immortal gladness would presence himself with you today. That the God who is the light of the world would shine his light into the darkness of your circumstances and situations. And that light would linger. That light would shine brightly. That God would reveal himself to you right now by the power of his spirit. As we gather in this really unusual set of circumstances. God, will you just come right now by your spirit 
into every person watching this, whether they are out and about listening on headphones, walking in the snow, whether they're sat in their, their rooms by themselves, snowed in, hemmed in, feeling the, the loneliness and the isolation, whether they are with family trying to engage and the kids are going crazy and we're trying to watch it and it just feels bad that we can't engage the way we'd like to. God, will you just pour out your peace and your presence? But we thank you that you are so holy and yet by your grace, we can enter in and know you so intimately. Will you lift the clouds of that darkness right now as we come and cry out to you? As we seek your face, will we, will we experience the light of your radiance? Let us know your peace and your presence today for those that really need it. Church, what we're going to do right now is we are in our 21 days of prayer and we're just going to spend the next couple of minutes just coming and praying. And uh, and there's going to be a short video that's just going to lead us uh, as we just come and uh, fix our gaze on God. As I say, 21 days of prayer and our first direction is up. Our attention is towards God. And so uh, maybe your prayer this morning is that you would see him in the midst of everything that's going on. Whatever it is that your your heart is crying out for, just let that be your prayer. And Ian McCarthy is just going to lead us right now in just a couple of minutes of prayer uh, as we focus on this up direction. So Ian, will you lead us in that prayer? lift you up with our worship Lord because you've lifted us up by your grace we lift you up with your worship Lord because you're worth it because you're good teach us to worship you more and more and better and better whatever that means help us by your spirit to give ourselves to you in wholehearted whole-bodied whole-life worship let us take it beyond these meetings, this meeting, meetings like this, into every part of our lives and every part of our beings. Because we were designed for your glory and to declare your glory. Fill us up, send us out and go with us, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. we thank you for your presence in our life and lord in this moment right now lord i pray you'd pour out your presence pour out all of who you are so there's so many needs in our lives in our church community in our uh, community around you uh, around us so god i pray right now lord just as we've been praying for healing through our chat lord i pray you'd pour out your healing into people's lives let us see you as the God who is able, the God who can heal. Lord, pour out your salvation. Lord, the God who can save, only you alone can save. God, the, the God who can meet all of our needs, help us to see you. Help us to see you. Holy, 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 the God who is able. 
We thank you for who you are. Church, I, I just want to encourage you this week. Uh, we've got, uh, we're, we're one week into our 21 days of prayer. So we've got 14, 15, 14 days left. Um, and we've got various prayer meetings happening. I think we are praying more this year because of lockdown than we ever have done. More opportunities for you to engage. So from a seven o'clock tomorrow morning, you can come online and we're going to pray and, and have communion together. Uh, and you may not want your screen on. Um, and that's fine. If you're getting ready for work or on your way to work, you don't have to have your screen on that Zoom call. Uh, you can stop your screen being shared, but we can all come together. And, and I was really encouraged with how many people were on last Monday morning. Uh, so seven o'clock tomorrow morning and then various times throughout the week uh, when we would normally have connect groups each one of those you can just log on even if you're not normally part of that connect group please do log on it would be great to have you with us and to be praying as we go into this next week which is the direction is in so we're going to be praying for each other uh, last week was up we're bringing that to a close today uh, and then we build on that with the in relationship and so um, let, let's be praying for each other this week uh, and just to encourage you next week uh, we'll bring some stuff up in the chat for you to see that in a moment but but um, uh, next week, we won't be having our live stream the last Sunday of every month. We have um, a Zoom call where we're together. And uh, and so you can log on to that. That'll come up in the chat with the details for that. There, there'll be an email out and messages through our Connect group, WhatsApps and all that stuff. So you can log on next week. And it'd be great just to encourage us to see each other as we take communion together uh, and just be together in this season, not just as us uh, live streaming for where you are, but being able to interact together and just sharing what God is doing uh, and encourage one another so no live stream next week but please do come on to the zoom and uh, and that would be great for us all to be together and uh, what we're going to do right now is um we're going to have a kid's song uh, and so kids if you're still in the house if not then adults let's just be childlike for a few moments uh, and let's have some fun uh, a song that we love in our church that we all jump around and sing to so um right now if if you want to stand up we're going to sing my lighthouse together and if you're able to give this morning then there's going to be something that comes up in the chat and there'll be something on the screen in a few moments with a link we just want to thank you for your giving i am just i am amazed by the generosity of our church when we're going through such a turbulent time the stability of giving in our church has been remarkable uh, and it means we're being able to help so many more people um, and uh, again while well, i was just I, I was downstairs this morning lighting a fire and um just uh, you know those little prompts and who knows but i i just I just felt like I should say, if you're struggling to pay your heating bill, then hit that prayer request button um, because we'd love to pray with you, but also be able to support you. We don't want you to fear um, the fact that you've got to stay warm today, but how are you going to pay it tomorrow? Um, so if that's a, if that's been a real worry for you uh, over these last few days, um, then uh, God just wants to encourage you. And I think uh, just just hit that prayer request button and we'll be praying with you and believing that uh, that, that God will God will supply your needs uh, according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And so guys, let's just stand, let's sing, let's celebrate who God is, that he is our lighthouse and let's jump around and maybe that'll keep us warm as well. So uh, Phil, will you play that video? Thank you. troubled sea oh you are the peace in my troubled sea 
silence you won't let go in the questions your truth will hold your great love will lead me through you are the peace in my troubled sea Whoa, you are the peace in my troubled sea And I know at least a few of us were dancing during that. And I just thank the Lord that we've got them doing what they're gifted at and singing and preaching rather than dancing, because that was uh, that was a sight to behold. 
Um, but I'm going to hand over to Ian now and we're just going to spend the next little while just uh, diving into God's word. And we just want to encourage you just um, if, if something that is brought this morning during the message, if one of the verses just jumps out, why don't you share that in the chat? It'd be great to see uh, just how God's word is speaking to you as Ian brings that this morning. Uh, and we're so fortunate to have Ian with us. He's a great communicator of the word. And so uh, be praying for Ian as he shares this word that he would be filled up as he gives out. So, Ian, thanks so much. Uh, and for leading us this morning into God's word. No problem, John. It's a real privilege to be able to dive into scripture together. And uh, and so if you're not used to uh, engaging in the Bible, this is a great opportunity for you just to get hold of Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at 19 verses, uh, 19 through to verse 30. And um, I'm just going to uh, just journey us through this, this text in the next few minutes to try and understand what is Paul saying, why is he saying it, and then how can it apply to us? Because uh, the worst thing you can do with the Bible is just simply read it as, a, as an academic exercise or think, oh, that's a nice thing. Um, as much as there is great help in here, um, actually God is more interested in conforming us and shaping us to become like him as we read his word, which is a action and theology applied. And so uh, this morning, that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at what Paul says and we're going to apply it to our lives. So if you want a title for this morning, it is Relentlessly Other Focused. Uh, relentlessly Other Focused. Paul, um, uh, you get this image of Paul throughout the letters that he writes, actually, that he is concerned for the, the welfare of the churches that he's planted. He's, he's not actually too concerned about his own welfare, although, you know, he, he does look after himself. You know, he do, he'd rather not be in prison for sure. Um, but even in his, his confinement, he's more interested in the welfare of, of the churches that he's planted and the people that are around him. Paul uh, gives this image and this picture of what it looks like to be a disciple of Jesus and a follower of Jesus because he's been shaped by Jesus. He understands who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. So relentlessly other focused is the thought and the, uh, the theme for today. And Paul, um, Paul in this letter... Uh, shows his concern for the Philippians, but also the Philippian church show his con their concern for him, which is really interesting because this relentlessly other-focused approach isn't just about you, Paul giving out and not receiving, but is also about as Paul gives out, he receives from others who are also relentlessly other-focused. The Philippian church didn't just see Paul as the, the far off apostle or the, the founding ch uh, the pastor of the church and, and someone to be revered. No, they, they had genuine care for him and, and love for him. And so this was mutual in their, uh, their love for one another. Now, um, the verses that we're about to read, um, read like a, a character reference for somebody. Um, I don't know whether you've ever had to write some references before, but uh, very, you know, maybe a few times a year I'll get a request for somebody who's so could you give me a reference and and I, I, I I'm always you know yes I will but maybe there's there's some reticence as well in terms of can I really put what I really think about this person and some of the the great traits that they have but also maybe some of the challenges because in today's age you know you you open yourself up to be to be sued if you say some things that you really think and it has a knock-on effect for somebody's life and future but Paul seemingly has no concerns about the references that he's about to, he's, he's writing or sharing. You see, uh, because the references that, uh, that Paul writes are based out of his experience, genuine experience of the two, two men that are the focus of our passage for today. And so Paul 
Um, let's begin. Let's begin where Paul begins in, uh, in, in, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 19. Now, uh, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be encouraged by news about you. For I have no one else like-minded who will genuinely care about your interests. All seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know his proven character because he has served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father. Therefore, I hope to send him as soon as I, uh, as I see how things go with me. I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come, will soon, uh, will come soon. I'm going to pause there and we're just going to look at Timothy's character for this moment in time because there's some standout comments that Paul writes about about Timothy in these in these short verses. Now, if we were if we had more time, we could delve into other passages uh, relating to Timothy's character and call and gifting and all of the, the things that he did. But we get enough of a glimpse in these verses to, to be the focus of our attention uh, for today. So Paul um I guess the, actually the most helpful question to ask is who is Timothy? Well, Timothy was like a true son to Paul. He he wasn't his son, but through the conversion of of Timothy and the uh, then the growth of Timothy, Paul saw something in Timothy that he 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 uh, that was was a, about leadership, it was about capacity to serve, was a heart after God, a willingness to learn, and so. Paul really took Timothy under his wing and he was his protege. He, he was somebody that Paul had in, in his inner circle. He was one of the, the close bands of, of apostolic ministry team. He entrusted him with some of the churches that he planted. Timothy was a man of great capacity, actually. But what I want you to notice, the, the way that Paul introduces Timothy, it wasn't here is Timothy, a great communicator, somebody who will wow you with his presentation skills and his ability to communicate God's word. Somebody who has great leadership capacity and has led churches of thousands of people, who runs pr multiple programs for the, for, for the sick. No, Paul says this. Um, I, I want to introduce you to, to Timothy, my, my son, my, my son in the Lord. Um, this is, for I have no one else like-minded. So the first point I want us to understand and notice that Paul writes about Timothy, which I think is really important for us, and we'll get there in a moment, is that Paul had invested in Timothy in such a way that he not only had the understanding of his strategy, but he carried the same heart and mind. And Paul's heart and mind was shaped by that of Christ. And so this portion of scripture flows from the early part of this, this chapter in that great hymn about Jesus, the servant, the suffering servant, the one who came in humility and served others and gave himself for us. And so Paul here is writing about Timothy and saying he's of like mind. It's this uh, commentators and the, the would say that this is a like of like soul. It was uh, so uh, Paul, uh, Timothy had uh, loyalty to Jesus and to Paul, it was it, Paul entrusted Timothy to be able to go into a situation and carry the same heart and message that he carried, that he had received from Christ. And so that the knock on effect of his discipleship and investment in, in, in Timothy was that he could entrust him with the message of the good news, just as he had been entrusted with it. Such was the relationship between Paul and Timothy. So like mindedness. Now, for us, um, 
I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I, I read passages like this and I go, well, where, where's my mind at? Could that be said of me? Is that is that reflection of the way that I lead? Is that a reflection of the way that I live my life? I, I would like it to be true. I'd like it to be so. I, I, I'd love that to be other people to say that of, of me. And yet it causes me and, and maybe it causes you to to ask some questions of of heart and motive. What's the thing that our hearts and minds are set on? What are we loyal to? What are we focused with? What are we? What could we be entrusted with? Now, interestingly, you know, that they could split this into two. These these passages and these sorry these verses into two elements. You've got Timothy, who is the uh, a part of the apostolic figure. He would be a, a, a leader within the church. He would be entrusted to pastor in Ephesus, and then you've got. Um, uh, Epaphroditus, who we'll talk to, talk about in a minute, who was a member of the congregation who was sent by the Philippian church to go and, and to serve the needs of the Apostle Paul. And yet we see a character trait that is true, whether it's of leader or, or member of the church or person in an ordinary employment, if you like. Um, it, it, the, the same heart and mind is carried by both. And Paul is saying here to, to, the, to the church, to the, the Philippian church, which are going to be entrusted with this letter. This is, I hope to send Timothy to you. It's interesting language that Paul uses because he, he even realises that actually in his plans to send Timothy, it's, it's actually the determination of the Lord. It's, it's something that he will, he will open up. He, can, he, he almost has this, this, this desire, this hope that it will happen, um, even if it's, it's not possible. But Paul also is referencing that it's this this season of his life is determined upon what happens with him too. And so there's moments where Paul is just looking and, and trying to understand what God is doing in these moments. But I think Paul can do that because I think he too is like minded. I think he has the mind of Christ. And, and so he's living out of that sense of obedience to Jesus and understanding his purposes in his will because he's aligning his life and his heart with 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 God. Is your heart and mind aligned with God in the same way? Could it be said of you? As, what's your mind focused on? And just as I said, what's my mind focused on? May we be a determined people to align our heart and mind, our thinking with Jesus and his ways and his purposes. Because this all begins to make sense when we read on in this sentence. It says, who will genuinely care about your interests? So this is the second point I'd like to make about the character of Timothy is that he, Paul, Paul understood that he could entrust with him uh, and entrust the Philippian church to Timothy in the, in a, for a season because he, gen, he would genuinely care about their welfare. He wasn't trying to build his own platform. You know, in, um, in our day um, of social media and, uh, and the ability to put out YouTube channel, uh, you know, YouTube channels and create, a noise and put your put your voice out there and um, it, it sometimes feels like we're simply just trying to build our own platform for our own ends and for our own objectives um, i'm not sure paul or timothy would have had a youtube channel or a, a twitter profile or even an instagram uh, where they would take photographs of their journeys and say hey look oh look at me look at what god is doing um, and actually the 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 drive behind some of that it sometimes comes across as self-serving and selfish. But for Paul and Timothy, the, their, the ministry wasn't about them. The platform wasn't for their ego or for their name. The, the, that which had been entrusted to them was for the benefit of others. 
And so they served sacrificially for the people they were called to. That's why, actually, I think for um, congregations uh, and, and people in general to follow leaders who genuinely love them and care for them is no real hardship, even when the leaders have to say some hard things. Because it comes from a, a, a proven character, a proven track record of loving the congregation and loving people. And so um, I think this is this is a really important part of of. Paul's journey and understanding of what's going on in Philippine, in the, wanting to understand what's going on in the Philippine church. And he's, he's going to send his best people. He's not going to send somebody who can't trust. He's, he's looking to send his best people to, to them. But then it goes on. Um, but you know his proven character because he served with me in the gospel ministry like a son with a father. You see, Paul... Um, Paul and Timothy had this kind of this father-son relationship, but Timothy was apprenticed to Paul. See, in first century life, you know, fathers would pass on their trade to the to sons, uh, and actually, it's still common, isn't it, that uh, that the, the the family trades can be passed down into into further generations. And so, in the com in the journey of, of of the missionary journeys that they were on, Paul was investing in Timothy in such a way that would, he would be able to be released to, to do the things that he was called to do on his own, but yet there would be a, a, a like-mindedness and heart in, in the way that they operated and a character that would be able to carry the gifting, a character that would prove that actually they're, they're genuine because it was consistent and honed over time. And it was in the gospel work. This, again, this was the... Uh, this was the focus of Paul's heart and mind. It was actually the delivery of the gospel, the, the proclamation of the gospel. And Paul trusted Timothy to not only preach the gospel accurately, but to live the gospel accurately. You see, it's one thing speaking the words of the gospel. It's another thing living the gospel reality. And so the, the, the challenge for us is to, is to make sure that our lives are increasingly joined together between word and deed the way that we the things that we say and the words that we we proclaim are are unified with the way that we behave now you and i both know that this is a this is an ongoing journey there are things that we say and when we say that we believe that we don't always match up with our behavior but the journey of discipleship and the journey that i think paul was had been on and continued to be on at this stage and the, the journey that timothy was on was that they were on this journey towards aligning their heart and their life in, in likeness to Christ as he was at work in and through them. And so maybe there's more, we need to give more attention to the things that we think about and the way that we align our hearts and minds uh, because our hearts and minds will, will feed into the actions um, in proven character. Don't ever underestimate the importance of character. Don't ever underestimate the importance of, of living a good life, living a life that radiates Christ over and above gifting. You know, I, I wonder whether we put far too much emphasis on development of gifting uh, because we think that's where it's going it, to, it will break through the gospel barriers. I actually think we're, we're more, <clears throat> we do far better to give attention to our character and allow our gifting to be developed and shaped in the course of living life and, and focusing our attention on helping and serving others. Char character is something that's formed. I think gifting, skills, if you like, can be learned. Character is 
formed in the process of aligning the heart and mind. Okay. I hope you're with me so far, um, but I want you to get this, that for Paul, when he championed Timothy, he wasn't championing his, his talents, he was championing his character. And for you and I, may we be the kind of people that champion character over gifting, aligning our hearts and minds with Jesus. So, okay, verse 25 to 30 says this, but I consider it, uh, uh, but I consider it necessary to send you Epaphroditus. Now, <clears throat> So let me pause here. Paul had said about Timothy, I hope to send you, Timothy, if, if everything works out according to God's plan. But I, I actually say, you know, he comes into this point with great urgency and it's a strong language. Um, I, I, I find it, I consider it necessary to send you a Paphroditus. My brother, co-worker and fellow soldier, as well as your messenger and minister to my need. Since he has been uh, longing for you and was distressed because you heard that he was sick. Indeed, he was so sick that he nearly died. However, God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, <clears throat> so that I would not have to have, uh, so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow. For this reason, I am very eager to send him so that you may rejoice again when you see him and may be less anxious. Therefore, welcome him in the Lord with great joy and hold people like him in honour. Because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up what was lacking in your ministry to me. Another outstanding character. We don't actually know too much about Epaphroditus. He's, uh, he's very little information. Now, some of the things I'm going to say uh, um, in a moment about him are, are some of these piecing together with some of the information that they do have. Um, we, we can't know for sure, but it, it may it may feed into some of the historical context from where uh, Epaphroditus is from. Now, Epaphroditus is a Greek name. It's not a Jewish name. He's he's a Greek. And uh, and, and, and commentators generally agree that it's it's the root from Epaphrodite, which is a Greek goddess of, of love. And so his his understanding that actually his his parents were probably were pagans and probably wanting to honor and respect the god that they worshipped. Um, but interestingly, there is no temple. There was no temple or shrine to the goddess of Aphrodite in in uh, in the in Philippine in the Philippian. Uh, sorry, I was going to say in the Philippines. I've got Philippines on my mind in the Philippian uh, city. And so one uh, one commentator has suggested that it's it's possible. Now I, I use that word possible because we don't know for sure that Epaphroditus was a was a former Roman soldier who'd retired to the the colony of Philippi, where there was retirement for uh, former soldiers. Now they also suggest that potentially he was part of the Imperial Guard, and we can't again we can't know this for sure. But having having had that name. Having got this sense that the no shrine or recognition of that kind of religion within that um, within that city, um, this commentator is suggesting that potentially he's, he's a soldier, which then would give some some weight to this language that Paul uses about Epaphroditus. It's easy for me to say um, that uh, that is uh, that he says that he's just, you know my fellow soldier. Now Paul, there's no no. Um, historical evidence that Paul was ever in the military. 
And so we've got to take this as a metaphorical sense of of the spiritual warfare, the the battle that they're in. This is not just something that is is easily going to be be won. There is a spiritual battle going on. So there is absolutely something metaphorical about the language. And so whether Epaphroditus was a soldier or not, Epaphroditus understood that he was in a war with Paul, that they were fellow soldiers. So you and I... um, do we have that same understanding that this is a this is a this is a spiritual war that we're in? This is we are we are. So what would Paul say of us? Well, I would hope that Paul would say of us that this is my my brother, my brother, like something of um, of uh, love and tenderness, care, family, partnership, you know, quality. Paul is clearly loves Epaphroditus and what he's what he's and who he is and what he's done a co-worker coming alongside co-laboring with the with the gospel co-laboring together in the work now we don't know that Epaphroditus has spent any any more time with Paul other than the time that he was in prison and where that location is there is some conjecture as whether it was Rome or or Ephesus and um, but we know that Epaphroditus went to stay with, with him. And where Paul was, there was the imperial guard. And so Paul, even though he's in chains, we, we know from earlier in the letter, took every opportunity to talk about the gospel. And so when Epaphroditus came to serve Paul and minister to Paul, he was joining with him in his work. My co-worker. You see, it might be for a season that you and I labor together. But we must label together. You see, for eternity, we'll be brothers and sisters in Christ. I think maybe that's something that Paul is trying to communicate. That actually, it, that when when we come into the family of God, when we put our faith in Jesus and we put our trust in Him, acknowledge Him as King, and we come into obedience to walk with Jesus, one with another, we come into a new kingdom, a new way of life. But actually, what Paul would describe a new humanity: the old has gone and the new has come. We're we are being recreated in Christ. And, and so our, 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 our family is eternal. But, you know, we'll co-labor only until the point when Jesus comes to establish his rule and reign forever in the gospel work as we know it now. One day, a new heaven and new earth will be established and, 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 and Jesus' reign will be forever and ever and ever. But Paul saw Epaphroditus as a co-laborer. Could the same be said of you and I? Are we co-laborers? Not just making uh, nice programs or keeping people busy, but as Paul understood Epaphroditus as co-laborer in the gospel work, in, in mission, in furthering and advancing the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. I think that's the invitation to us, actually, is that we don't do this alone. We, uh, we're not just a collection of individuals that gather on Sunday mornings to worship together and enjoy, enjoy singing some songs together and, and be encouraged together, as good as that is. But actually, we are co-laborers. Co-laborers in the gospel mission of, of seeing Jesus' name and his kingdom advance today, now, on earth as it is in heaven. And we do that in community. Because this isn't just a letter to an individual, it's a letter to a community, a group of people who are who love Paul and Paul loves them. And then, as I mentioned, this fellow soldier, um, I, I've never been in the military. 
it will i know that will surprise some of you i've never been in the military i in fact i've always avoided any kind of physical pain i, I don't like it um but uh, the 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 draw of the military is quite appealing you know so i watch um i watch those those films because of the camaraderie the sense of togetherness working together you know that when you're defending you're not defending yourself you're defending your brother when you're working you're not working for yourself working for your colleague you are in it together and it is as the as the unit works together they advance the cause there's something about that shoulder to shoulder working together as a team that i think paul is trying to communicate to the philippine church and to, and in their, therefore doing communicating to us when he uses this kind of language but he also seems to imply that Epaphroditus knew what it was to risk his life, to take some risks, to serve selflessly for the benefit of somebody else. He didn't count it um, as a, a, count his own life, um, something to be just clutched onto, but he, he took some risks to go and minister to Paul, to advance the gospel, to serve the needs of others. So if we want to learn any lessons from Epaphroditus and Paul, I think we can see that he was he was selfless in his actions. I think Paul's trying to communicate that to the church. This, this man that you sent, he's selfless. Now, why is Paul trying to communicate something to the, the Philippian church that they should already know? Well, they'd sent him on a mission. They'd sent him on a task. They said that you'd sent this, you'd sent him as a messenger and a minister to my needs. And then they got wind that Epaphroditus was ill like ill to the point that he was about to die. And, but for the mercy of God, he was spared. Now in a shame honor culture, uh, this is huge because for the Philippian church, they, it, Paul could be thinking, oh no, they're gonna think that he has failed in this task. They're gonna think that he's not cut, the, cut it because they've heard that he's ill and he's dead and he's not been able to do what he's, what he's, what he's tasked with. And so Paul writes them and says, look, you need to know that Epaphroditus hasn't failed. You need to know that Epaphroditus was self, selfless in his acts. Yes, he was ill. Now, the other question is, why did Paul not heal him? This great apostle. Why did Paul not lay his hands upon him? Ah, we don't know. All we do know is that Epaphroditus got sick. So there are no guarantees for you and I when we step out into ministry and mission and to serve and to do all the things that he's called us, whether it's as a Timothy or as an Epaphroditus. Timothy, the, the church leader, or Epaphroditus, the church member who gave selflessly in the same ways as the apostolic team gave of himself for the benefit of others. There is no guarantee that you and I won't experience the challenges that, that are common to man or common to humanity. Epaphrodites got sick. But what Epaphrodites and, uh, and Paul knew and Timothy knew is that this wasn't the end. This life wasn't all there is. But the hope of Jesus was that the, this, this, this resur the resurrection life, the hope that which is to come, which enabled them to live life with some risks. Risks, not random risks, not... Um, uh, uncalculated risk but risks in line with the gospel and the gospel advancement and the other thing about Epaphroditus 
as I think he served as a fine example to others. And so when Paul writes these words to them, honor people like him, I think he's saying, you want to know what it is to follow Jesus. You want to know what it is to serve like Jesus. You want to know what it is to have the mind of Christ. Live like these two men. And so the challenge for us today, with those thoughts about these two, two gentlemen that, are, that Paul is so very fond of, is will we will we have the will be will will we be like-minded in the task ahead? Will we relentlessly focus on others and in so doing we give opportunity for others to serve us? Will we genuinely care for others in the way that we see demonstrated in the life of Jesus and fleshed out in our the examples before us in these passages? Will we give more concentration on our character than we will our gifting? Because our gifting will only carry us so far, but actually our character will open doorways of, of possibilities for us because people will see something of the genuineness of Christ in us. Will we selflessly serve others? Will we take risks for the gospel? Will we prove to be a fine example for others to follow? If there's anything that we can learn from the today, I think maybe it's those things. But that won't just happen because we pray a prayer. That won't just happen because somebody lays a hand on you. That'll, that'll happen because we journey together. We allow others to speak some hard truths into our lives that shape us. Why? Because we know that they're for us and they want, they want, the, uh, want us as an individual and community to be formed in the likeness of Christ. So I hope some of what I've said to you today has been helpful. And uh, if you want to chat any further, then uh, please get in touch via the church office. I'd love to talk to you a little bit more. But I'm going to hand over to John, who I think is going to uh, just transition us now to the next part of this service. Oh, we thank you that we cannot uh, do this alone, that by your spirit, you give us the strength to be all you're calling us to be. And you put us in community to spur one another on. So as we enter into this week of in the direction being in God, give us a heart for each other. Give us a heart to spur one another on to be the people you're calling us to be. Let us live for your presence, not our platform. For you to be seen and glorified in and through all that we do. Father, for us to encourage one another to be a people of substance over style, character before gifting, and together as co-workers, co-laborers, even through these restrictions, Lord, help us to live beyond these restrictions, seeking to spur one another on to live, love and look like you in all of life. That we would see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. As we do right now, we turn our heart to you, our mouths to you, our worship and our adoration to you before we finish you are the focus, to you be the glory. And so we lift our songs of praise and worship to you right now. That as we finish this service in a few moments, that song wouldn't stop with the finishing of the chords, but it would feed through uh, the life that we live to bring glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. spoke words
deserve it still you give yourself away Of God, may we be so consumed with who you are, your love for us, your passion for us, your grace over us. That it doesn't just stop with making me feel accepted and worthy, but actually it would flow out and impact the world around us to each other. Lord, as this week we we pray in towards each other, give us a heart for each other. Give us a heart to genuinely care for each other. Stir our hearts to be a heart like yours for your church. That we'd be so captivated by the height, the depth, the width and the, uh, the, the grandeur of your love for your church. That we'd be stirred this week to pray for each other, to be bold enough to believe your healing in somebody's life, to encourage somebody and pick up the phone, to display your unity, your love, your grace, your compassion. Just as Ben and Vicky were playing that song, uh, describing the love of God, just reminded of Ephesians 3, a, a prayer of Paul over the church. I just want to pray this as we draw things to a close. Let me pray this over you. It says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through the Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that being rooted and firmly established in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, the width, the height and the depth of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think or imagine to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Church, we're praying that over every single one of us. We want to just thank Ian for the word he's brought. Uh, just great. It's such a, a blessed church to have people bringing God's word uh, directly into our life, uh, applying it as you as we finish right now, stuff that we can take with us. And and my prayer is that this week, uh, th those words of scripture of Paul's letter to the church in Philippi would ring in our ears and, and flow through our lives as we seek to glorify God together. And so church, don't forget, uh, we've got uh, uh, loads of ways you can connect with prayer this week, 7am tomorrow morning, uh, and then uh, Tuesday through to Thursday, different times, get on our website, the links are in the chat, uh, occ-stratford.org.uk forward slash prayer to be able to connect uh, this coming week. And we pray God's blessing over every single one of you and enjoy the snow if you get out into it today. God bless you. <laughs>